All right. Are those characters that Donald Glover wrote, are those an amalgam of people that he's met in Atlanta through his... Because you start to realize all those people run in the same circle. Yeah, like, like the show Atlanta is, like, real life. Like he brings Atlanta to you, like kind of what you want to do with Phoenix in your yeah. short film. Like it's ex- that's perfect. He brings Atlanta. It's like to you're you. literally like, oh, that's that's Atlanta. Like that's what it is. Like the real shit, not like how people present New York City. Mm-hmm. You know, versus this Empire State Building, Statue of Liberty, like type shit. It's like, no, this is just everyday life. It's not anything special. It's not terrible. It's this is regular ass fucking. Because the, the the famous quote, what flavor are hot Cheetos? Hot. hot. <laughs> it's like, that writing is... Genius. Oh, my God. Genius. Like Hilarious. It's, it, it, it's the most... Because you know what it reminds me of? My favorite... One of my favorite quotes in Pulp Fiction, which is... Because Pulp Fiction is the ultimate example of dialogue. Mm-hmm. The, uh, Quentin Tarantino is the best at dialogue. Even because people say it's like unnecessary dialogue but that's what makes it good it's, it's just, not unnecessary because it's like it's almost like actors char- that he character cast, development it, like the speech about how what's her name with the eye patch killed beatrice's yeah master yeah it really wasn't necessary mm. but it added to the part where she snatched her eye but, out yeah that story made her snatching her eye out Mm -hmm. i was cackling when she was flailing around that bathroom (laughs) and she goes oh shit you just (laughs) hear the defeat in her voice and she's Mm -hmm. like i'm fucking blind now yeah she's stepping on glass and like falling into them she's fucked up (laughs) yeah it's so like and it was such a like for me, it felt like a more victorious it, moment because yeah, of what she did to the master. It just adds to everything else instead of just like, uh, like imagine a movie with necessary dialogue. You know, like nothing but necessary. It's like that's giving you. That's what you do in life. You only speak necessarily, mm-hmm. and so it's like giving you because that what I was saying was my favorite line in. Uh, Pulp Fiction relates to that Atlanta, like what flavor of hot Cheetos hot is like when the the conversation in the beginning of the movie that they're having about the Big Mac and the, or the quarter pounder with cheese. Yes. Like what do you call a quarter pounder with cheese in France? It's uh, a Royale, Royale, with, Royale cheese. with cheese. Or what do they call a Big Mac? It was just Le Big Mac. Like, oh, they didn't know what a fuck a quarter pound is kind of thing. And he was like, they use the metric system. Yeah. And it's something that you thing, never think about. And my favorite line was... What do they call war? He's like, what do they call a whopper? He's like, I don't know. I don't go to Burger King. That's my favorite line because it's like, you don't. He doesn't have to put that in the movie, but he puts it in and makes that character a person. It's like because there's people who don't go to Burger King, mm-hmm. like because he, he ties some because he could have stopped what, it at that's a Royale with cheese, and everybody was like, oh, that was a cool little factoid. Yeah, it's like, oh, what do they call a Big Mac? Oh, Big Mac's a Big Mac. They call it, and then the you Love keep Big it Mac. going. And then it's mm-hmm. like, okay, this character is picky, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, what do they call a Whopper? I don't know. I'm not going to Burger King. So then that adds to the burger scene when they go to collect the debt. Mm-hmm. And they're talking mm-hmm. about the burgers again. Burger. And then they talk. And then he brings it back up. It's a whole thing. And it connects. And then later in the movie, they're talking about 
<laughs> They're talking about uh, Mark that. They're talking about uh. They, when they're at the diner. Yes. And the, the it's another one. I mean, the whole movie is quotable as fuck. It rem, like remember A lot of it revolves around food. Yeah. I mean, all of his movies kind of do. I mean, if you look at all of Quentin Tarantino's movies, either food or drinks, he's so, he the way the cinematography is, it's so the way they present food. Like, I want that barbecue sauce from uh, not Death Proof. Slaughterhouse. The, yeah. Remember, do you remember this, what I'm talking about? Mm-mm. When they went to the, the fucking gas station, they were holding up in the gas station. Mm. Is that Tarantino? I remember you, you always about... say it's, it was Robert. Robert Rodriguez. And Quentin Tarantino. It was uh, uh, Planet Terror. They did yes. a, they did a, a double feature. They, they made a digital double feature to where it was. Fuck, I can't remember the other movie. It was uh, Death Proof, and then uh, Robert Rodriguez made another movie, and they were, they were, came together in the same thing. That's why Death Proof is Quentin Tarantino's most underrated, is because it wasn't really presented as like a solo thing, like its own thing. It was with Robert Rodriguez. So, so the other movie is Robert Rodriguez, or did they just work with each other on both movies? That they worked with each other, yeah. That way, that makes because I really see Tarantino because the same thing was from Dust Till Dawn. I see Tarantino's influence on the one with the zombies more than I do Death Proof. Honestly, I can see Tarantino on both of them. Honestly, but mm-hmm. Death Proof, he gave me the it has like he did the thing where like the film kind of burns up and in then Death it comes, Proof? but. He definitely does in Death Proof. I noticed that where it's like uh, double takes. Yes, it's like it's edit. It's like edited bad on purpose. Yes, he does that in the other one. Mm-hmm. So it's like the one with the zombies. But the thing that they kept talking about, and that, again about these random character moments, mm-hmm. is that the sheriff of the town. You know the the, the it was a great zombie like homage. Mm-hmm. The sheriff of the town saves it saves all the people. He said we're gonna go to. Uh, JT's barbecue. He's like JT's barbecue and gas station. It's like this little country town. Mm-hmm. But the, it turns out that the JT is the sheriff's brother. And he's like, tell me the fucking sauce recipe. And he was like, fuck no. <laughs> and the whole, I'm talking about, this is in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. They start arguing about this fucking sauce. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what the fuck? He's like, and they're, and like they both get killed, mm-hmm. like they're both about to die. And he was like, "You gonna tell me?" Because like the the sheriff is like holding yeah. his neck from bleeding, and the brothers got like fucked up or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he was like, "What's the secret ingredient?" He was like, "Something like brown sugar or something." Like it was mm-hmm. something very like simple. Yeah, yeah. And they just started laughing, and then the building blows up. And that's one of that's the most memorable scene to mm-hmm. me, and from that because it was like. What the fuck was so special about that sauce in yeah, the yeah. middle of a zombie apocalypse? And everybody's and everybody in the restaurant knew who JT was, and they were like, "Yeah, it is the best sauce in all of Texas." Mm-hmm. <laughs> what what I just thought what you made me think of because uh, now this is going to turn into memorable Tarantino lines. But in Django, you know how obviously Django is a former slave, and now yes. it's like Django's like. Uh, I look at it as like a comic book western. Yes, yes, yes. That's what it, the vibe it gives off. Of like when uh, the dentist is aiming, 
He was like, are you sure that's him? And he's like, yes, I'm sure. He was like, are you positive? He's like, I don't know what positive means. <laughs> and like, you, it makes you remember like he's a slave. Like yes. he doesn't know like shit. Something as simple. And even back then, people didn't speak that way. Mm-hmm. And he's like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah. He's like, are you positive? I don't know what positive means. It means, are you sure? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, you're, yeah, that's him, or yeah, that's what positive means. Like, yeah, that's him. And then boom, <laughs> he's right. It's like five. He's about to fucking kill somebody on a horse. And it's kind of, it's kind of irking you a little bit. It's like, it's like he's on it, like he's on a moving horse, and he's got to aim right and everything. They're right. having a whole dispute about what positive means. I don't know, but I don't know what positive means. And, and it's also like, talk about the fact that Jamie Foxx is one of the generation's best actors. Uh, yeah. I, I can't argue against that because he's a fucking great actor. I'm trying to think of his other memor like for me, like outstanding performances. I can't think of him. Ray. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm what I'm thinking of is collateral. Any given Sunday. Fuck. Keep going. He has more. He has to have he more. He has more. He's about to do the Mike Tyson movie. Yeah, that's gonna be. You fucking know he's gonna fucking. He's gonna kill fucking it. go off. I know it. I Have just, you ever seen the radio interviews with him? He's how he's already been practicing he's like for like, like this. Year. And he's like, yeah, I'm like, okay, he's probably about to kill this shit. He's about to murder this shit. But going back all the way back to Atlanta, with Keith Stanfield. Well, Donald Glover, right and righty. Donald Glover in general. That's why he was like, "Y'all can wait in like two years," and mm-hmm. we are. We did. We waited. It's coming. Is out it coming out ne- this, this year? year or next year? Either I don't give a fuck. I I know when it does come out, it's gonna be fucking. Because the concept of every episode is genius. A whole episode is dedicated to. He went to a party and lost his jacket, and he's trying to find his jacket the next day. The shot where he's standing there, then he just shows <laughs> up in the shot again. <laughs> Just walks into the shot, and they're just like you can see the cops is doing their job. And he's like, it just just a there's a secret <laughs> pocket, <laughs> and then he gets the key because he outsmarted himself, and he's been sleeping in a fucking storage unit. Mm-hmm. And you know what the crazy part is? What you really want? What the fuck happened? <laughs> Why do you? Why yeah, does everybody no. treat you like that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like if you're so, everybody keeps calling you this smart guy. Mm-hmm. You went to Princeton, but now you're just home. Yeah. And I don't think he'll ever explain that. Probably not. Knowing Donald Glover, he'll never explain that. I think because I think everybody knows a person like that. My yeah, my favorite episode is the Teddy Perkins one because it's just Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah. But but not just that. It makes me feel. It gives me such a, a perspective on Michael Jackson. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, it's just like I. It makes me feel bad. You know what I mean? For Michael Jackson, I'm just like, oh fuck. Like he's not. He was controlled. You know what I mean? And he just had a a crazy life. I think you know what, what I, mean? I think the reason why Donald Glover does such a good job with storytelling. It's just kind of like that book, book, I think it's called Carl Jung. I think his name is Carl Jung. It's called a, a, a hero, The Hero with a Thousand Faces. And, and essentially, I think I've heard of it. It's essentially a book about the archetype of the, of like the Jesus character. Like, 
how that's in a lot of different books, a lot of different stories across different cultures. Like the like, metaphor? Yes, like the person who overcomes the three trials and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Like the typical movie plot, like a story plot. Yeah. Of like, oh, at first he's right here, and then there's something, a tragedy happens, and he's got to overcome it. And then he, and then he, there's and a romantic. Sometimes, yeah, and it's some it's romantic part because he does have Mary Magdalene. Mm-hmm. They try to edit that out, but they watch Da Vinci Code. Yeah, you'll you'll figure it all out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but they were, but even, but beside all that, it's just like he creates characters in Atlanta. Donald Glover creates characters that I think. Depending on your upbringing, you can always find somebody you know. That's You're like, like I met that. someone just like like that. Florida man. <laughs> like if you've been like, to a, like be a fucking like, shootout, even if you Florida don't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like even if you've never been to Florida, and no matter what state, everybody has a Florida style area. Like mm-hmm. Apache Junction is the Florida mm-hmm. of Phoenix. Uh, what is that? Twenty seventh Ave. That's fucking, it's like, that's more like. It's, that's it's, not even Florida. That's just fucked up. And, and that's just hood, which is like another part of Atlanta. Like this, the episode where they're robbing the fast food store that mm, sells that's, weed. That, yeah. That's yeah. 27th like Avenue. Like order number 17 with cheese, whatever. That's 27th Avenue. And then Avenue. that's actually drugs. Apache Junction is Florida, man. Fucking the club scene is everybody who's trying to get on. If you're trying to get on. Mm-hmm. I felt that as like a producer because I was that. That was like my first. I was going out to every party that existed and doing all of that, thinking that's what you had to do to be seen and known. And I was the, like the promoter, ne- like networking. Yes, like and then the the whole thing with Paperboy trying to get on. Like I felt that the, the oh my god, what you know the one that hit me the most. Where I fucking felt it in my gut was the airport scene, at the very end, I, when he had the gun and, and he was like, "I saw everything." What you did. The lights went, dimmed. Everything went silent. The lighting went down, and you just you hear the you just hear the hum of the plane. You didn't hear the plane starting up, like, and you're like, because you, everyone who watches it, you're going to be like, "Fuck." That was a real. It got me so scared. It gave me so much anxiety. Even thinking about it right now, I'm like, he's fucked. But you know why? And nobody understands why that's another genius writing moment. Guess where he got that from? That happened to Plies and T.I. Mm-hmm. They said they forgot that they had their guns and they went to the airport. Mm-hmm. So if you're like a fan of like kind of following hip hop stories, mm-hmm. he even takes those elements, him and his brother, because I think his brother helps him write it. Mm-hmm. They take those elements from these rappers. From real shit. From, from hip hop people. Mm-hmm. And just, and, and make, like Michael Jackson. Yes. Like, like Teddy Perkins. He meshed the story of Michael Jackson. It's not the story of Michael Jackson, but he applies that lost childhood and like almost thinking that, that thinking that this person is the same. Cause I thought they were the same person. Mm-hmm. You really didn't think there was a person in the wheelchair. I thought he was faking. Mm-hmm. I thought he, Teddy Perkins was going back and forth mm-hmm. just crazy because mm-hmm. you thought he was just insane. The same person. yeah. And then you see that he really had a brother that was You're locked like, up oh, in a fuck. fucking basement. Yeah. You're like, you're like he's really, and then the brother kills himself. Mm-hmm. 
you th- it makes you think like you know what I mean like about it makes me think about Michael Jackson. It makes you think about the whole family. Mm-hmm. It was fun. It's just... And then and then what? And then they play "Evil" by Stevie Wonder at the very end, and the concept of that song of like evil. He says, "Evil, why do you destroy so many minds?" And it's just like. Like, that's what the story, like, evil on different levels of, like, even emotional, like, you could come from the lightest the place. trauma, yeah. And still, your evil is taking over your life. You know what I mean? And then Darius just drives home with a new piano. Mm-hmm. Like, because that's Darius's character. Like, he's, he's the most like, simple. He's like, he goes, <sighs> and just turns the truck <laughs> on and drives off. And it's like, mm-hmm. and And just, it's so, like, Donald Glover is just, the most creative artist alive. I, but then, and I think that's also, you have to be into those again. You have to kind of be into nuance to appreciate mm-hmm. things like that, mm-hmm. to understand inspiration, him bringing a bunch of ca- archetypes into one character, mm-hmm. even feeling bad for Cat Williams. Like, how do you win the Oscar for a guest spot? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like because he played the, the fuck out of the that, scene that where uncle. he's running down the road it's at hilarious. the end, <laughs> and 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 like it's such a like you said it's such a real like that shit happened like like you you, you have an uncle you know someone that has an uncle at least a cousin as fuck and just at least a cousin who has a dad like that mm-hmm. a cousin who you've never met their dad really but mm-hmm. you hear stories about him. Mm-hmm. They were like they have a pet alligator. Yes. Like oh yeah, my dad. My dad has a fucking like some kind <laughs> the, of random ass exotic. Another animal. line from that episode where it was like, "Is alligator friendly?" He's like, "No, no." <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "Did that was that living here when I was here? Who coach?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she said that shit. It is like so the that way raggedy bitch stole a <laughs> hundred dollars from me. I didn't, and the whole the argument mm-hmm. between. When he, sm- and, when he throws, when the, he keys. throws the keys. <laughs> and he's like smoking this thing. That's fucking hilarious. He was like, give me the keys first. He's like. He's just like just so sad about it. it. He's just so upset. <laughs> and then, but then when they're talking to each other and they had, he was like, let me give you a piece of advice. Get that chip off your shoulder. Because that shit gets old. I... I think I might have shed a tear or some shit. I like that. felt that line for sure. That whole like, I got. I feel that to this day. I apply that to my life. Like that feel bad for me shit. That he he was trying to tell him like, I'm trying to tell you because they did it to me. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, like your family is gonna fucking look down on you. The depression you... episode with Al with his mom. Cried. I cried. I couldn't fucking take it. I cried. I'm tearing up. And let me tell you something else is that the craziest part about the episode is that Paperboy, his the actual character in real life, his mom passed away. The opening scene of him taking a nap on the couch and he hears his mom singing in the kitchen. I watched that now and I'm like. And he's just so and then the, fucked up the whole episode. And then the, the mom walks away out of mm-hmm. frame and, and then the lights nothing. turn off. Yeah. And then he wakes up, and you're like, "Oh my god!" You're like, and you could, like you said, you can tell in the episode, this was real for like, him. Like he, was, I felt that from him in the in the episode. He was fucked up, 
and the there's this shot. My favorite part about that episode because it's metaphorical. Yeah, like the shot where he's in the forest, and I think it's the first time like it shows like how big the forest is. Where it, it starts, it's a bird's eye view, mm-hmm. and it's above him, and it zooms out, and the trees just keep going, going and going and going, and he's in this huge forest. And like I love that shot because it's like. His mind, like he's just lost. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know where he's he don't at. know where he's going. And so I was just like, this episode is fucking powerful. And the anxiety that it induces the whole episode. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, he goes, "Yeah, man." And just takes a picture. And takes a picture with a fan. And made you also think about artists as people again. Mm-hmm. That's why I think Donald Glover also is like, man, people go through shit. These people are real people. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. when people like King Von get killed, you're like. When oh, you, you're a person. When you see X get killed, when you see Nipsey get killed, you're like, these people were doing something. I remember the day you told me Nipsey died. I cried. I here's let's let's was end this. the day before my birthday. This is gonna. This was the day. I think this was Easter. Let's end on this. I want to end on this. Um, I remember it was Easter or the day after, the day before. I'm pretty sure it was Easter, but. I remember telling you, getting the news, you were sitting right next to me. I was like, oh, shit, there, it shows Nipsey hospitalized. He got shot. Yeah. And, uh, like, conditions are unknown. And I was like, oh, f-. I remember telling you, Nipsey got shot. And I was like, oh, we were both like, oh, fuck. Like, you're going to be all right. Yeah. Kind of thing. And then, like, three hours later, it was like Nipsey confirmed dead. And it was one of those th- It was the second time or there was there's only two times in my life where a celebrity died and I felt their energy leave this world mm-hmm. was Nipsey and Bushwick Bill where when Nipsey died I was like I it was there was a there was a pain there was a movement and there was a shift in energy where I was like and not this is a mi- loss and then and this is this is a shout out to all my people in LA because the next year Kobe Bryant mm-hmm. dies and you're just that was another moment where you felt the energy like I bet shift. The, there's people who cuz it's not like two like polar opposite crowds where there's people who are fan of Kobe and fan of Nipsey. There there there's so many pictures, not so many, but there's a lot of pictures of Nipsey and Kobe. Mm-hmm. Because Kobe did love LA. That's why he never left. Mm-hmm. He loved LA. And it's like the L.A. loved him. It's just like people Did you see in LA? like the Mexican people who were wailing, crying mm-hmm. when he died? Dude, I was crying when he retired. That is sad. I was crying when he I retired. Was, when Kobe retired, I was like, what the fuck? His last game, I was like, am I He old? dropped 60 on I, his last game. I think game. I was sad. I was like, how old am I now? When Wade, Dwayne Wade retired, I got sad. I was like, oh, when, this is it. When Kobe retired, I, I, I was like, fuck. I was sad. But then him dying. I remember finding out Kobe died. This is how I found out. I was driving home. I think I was, uh, I was driving down Osborne, and I got a text from you. It was in our group chat between me, you, and my brother. Mm-hmm. And you said, you, your text was, I can't believe Kobe's gone, man. Or Kobe's really gone, man. And then my first thought was, I mean, he's been retired. <laughs> Like, hey, what are you talking about? I was like, yeah, he's been gone. Like, what do you mean? Like, he's he's been out of the game. Like, he's been retired. And then I get home, and then it's show, all over the news. 
uh, first thing that pops up on my phone, and I'm like, uh, what the fuck? What the? I was like, what the fuck? Like, I didn't believe it. I was like, this can't. Because who passed away right before that? Pop Smoke? Or was it, he after? It was a lot of stuff going on when Kobe passed. That was I remember, beginning. That was right before. Because I remember walking in the kitchen and saying, "Amanda," and I said, "Babe," I said, "Kobe's dead," and I'm just like, "I was like, what?" I want to say it was Pop Smoke. I was sad about that. I was sad because I was a fan of him purely because he was the same age as me. Mm-hmm. I was like, "This dude." I hate hearing about young people getting killed. It is something. I guess it's me being thirty something. The I'm, minute I turned thirty and hear that a twenty year old got shot and killed, I found out in like, a robbery. Mm-hmm, I found out Pop Smoke was my age, and I was like, "Oh, I'm a fan of his." And I mm-hmm. got into his music and everything, and then I and then eventually, Fifty Cent co-signed him. I was like, "He's the next Fifty Cent." That's what I was saying. He's the next Fifty Cent. Even Fifty Cent said he's the next Fifty Cent. And then you find out he got fucking shot from a trying to steal stuff from him trying to steal a louis bag or some shit and it's like that's why i tell people i'm like i think i'd rather you sell drugs than steal or kill like like yeah it's it's just yeah let's uh let's end uh, i don't want to end it on i hate ending it like this but this is gonna have to do rest in peace all those people r.i.p nipsey r.i.p kobe r.i.p pop Pop smoke r.i.p triple x r.i.p fucking kobe r.i.p brianna taylor has been a year today and r.i.p john his birthday is tomorrow r.i.p john he's my he's my best friend yeah r.i.p his birthday today is the 13th his birthday's tomorrow. Not trying to be funny, but seriously, fucking protect yourselves. Wear your seatbelt, wear your fucking helmet. And uh, we'll see you guys next yeah. week. <laughs> All right, peace. <laughs> <laughs>